Thank you for downloading episode 63 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Right-hand tip on his man over here. He might be smashing at the back post. That's a good block by a combination of Usman Fain and Connor Ripley. It was Ben Thompson at the back post. And between the shrimps defender and the goalkeeper, they just about get the job done. Kipriani infield. It goes once more to Jack Taylor. This is lovely football, you have to say. The shot comes in. It's found the back of the net. It went through Connor Ripley, who was perhaps a little incited from that shot from 25 yards out. In the ninth minute, it has been coming to an extent, you have to say. Peterborough have started this game really well here at the Western Home Stadium. We didn't get the clearance done. And from 25 yards, who finds the bottom corner of Connor Ripley's net to make it Peterborough United 1, Morecambe nil. Yeah, Connor Ripley will be very disappointed with that one. Quite a fierce strike, but don't think he was able to get his body behind the ball and it's just gone through his hands and into the back of the net a dream start for the host this afternoon Aaron Rawson good block to get Hunter in and he cleared through it oh and the flag stays down and it's Cole Stockton one-on-one that was the chance that we were talking about and Bergstrom blocks it one-on-one great opportunity miss we're not going to get too many opportunities but that was a golden chance for Cole Stockton to open his account this season lovely ball slipped in by Ash Hunter Stockton took it early but the Chelsea lonely keeper Lucas Bergstrom equal to the task it's, it's, it's lovely down pitch side it's free kick whipped in left footed Ripley just about saves it second effort comes in and then the third one's going to find the back of the net from Ben Thompson we didn't get the defensive job done I think it was slightly mishit from the Peterborough United central midfielder who scores on his debut for the posh Ripley made a bit of a hash of the first effort just about saved it second effort was blocked Felter Thompson 15 yards out and his right footed effort bobbles over the line and just before half time the Shrimps concede again to make it Peterborough United 2 Walkham nil. Walkham keep it out two times out of three but it's about staying switched on at all times and it just managed to find its way in the back of the net and it's a terrible time to concede for Derek Adams men three minutes before the break ball on the edge of the Morecambe box defended well by Rawson and Lovell Love just caught in possession Johnson Clark Harris up against Connor Ripley who goes to the ground and the referee points to the penalty spot and that was suicidal defending from the strength we're going in a real tangle in the heart of the centre of defence but as you can probably hear the boos echoing around the Western Home Stadium, we have got really, really lucky there because that was going to be a penalty kick to Peterborough United. And the assistant over on this near side has put his flag up for offside. Dave, I've got to ask a question about that. I thought it was a Morecambe man who played the ball back. So I it, thought, can't, it can't be offside. Well, I thought it was Rawson who it came off last. And that allowed Johnson Clark Harris to nip in. Body check by Connor Ripley. Johnson Clark Harris goes to ground. Referee was straight to the penalty spot. And then the assistant referee on this near side. He has done the shrimps one heck of a favour by putting his flag up. 
And I'm not sure that's the right decision. Out towards this left side, it goes once more. Cross whipped in. It's a really good one as well. And that header from Johnson Clark Harris from three yards out was goalbound. And Connor Ripley's made up for his earlier errors in the first half there with a superb point blank save. Excellent save from Connor Ripley. Ryan Delaney has got a, a few yards of space to run into. Delaney, 25 yards out. That's a lovely ball, you know, for Max Melbourne on the overlap. Chips the ball towards the back post. It's all. Oh, oh. it could have been 2-1 there. That was a great block by Bergstrom. I think it was Donald Love there at the back post. And out towards Gibson on this left-hand side. Infield it goes once more to Hunter, who's uh, dispossessed. And here come the posh over the halfway line on the breakaway. Marriott. Inside the penalty area it goes now for Cipriani, and that was a great breakaway, you have to say. The Posh showing their championship quality there. More for Moose in possession on the halfway line. And quick as a flash, the Posh found themselves inside the Morgan penalty area. Marriott slips it into Kiprianu, who draws the keeper and slides it into the far corner of Connor Ripley's net. And with 18 minutes to go here at the Western Home Stadium, that's the points in the back for Grant McCann's men at Peterborough United 3, Morecambe nil. That's what happens when you come up against quality opposition. You lose the ball anywhere on the pitch and you can't be punished for it. Halfway line in this instance and uh, in a flash, Peterborough have the ball down the other end. Neat play really, neat build-up play. Found himself uh, with a pretty much one-on-one -on -one chance. Slots into the bottom left corner. Ball on the edge of the Peterborough penalty area, cleared away by a blue posh shirt, only as far as Liam Gibson on halfway, gets it out towards Shane McLaughlin on this left-hand side, that's a really good ball, and John Obika in all sorts of space, six yards out, balloons, an effort high over the crossbar. Reaction to the action, this is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, a good performance from us this afternoon, I thought that, um, you know, we caused Peterborough, you know, trouble at times, and really got into their penalty area, good number of opportunities, we didn't take them and uh, unfortunately, you know, for us, um, they scored a goal probably against their own play at that moment in time in the game, uh, a shot from over 20 yards that uh, goes in and that was unexpected because we had looked like we were taking care of Mar Marriott and uh, Clark Harris um, we had taken care of the central midfield players as well and we all know how good a side that Peterborough are and uh, I think the players, you know, get into really good areas, Hunter, you know, Weir, Taylor, uh, were causing them problems. Cole Stockton should score. is uh, one and one with the goalkeeper at nil-nil. So that uh, we should have done better at. Connor should save it, you know, his left-hand side. Uh, he was uh, a long, long way from goal and, uh, you know, should have saved it. Talk about fine lines all the time. Connor maybe should have saved that. Then Cole could have scored to make it 1-1. It's all fine lines so far, you're just not quite getting right. No, I mean, listen, we're coming up against a team that's come down from the, the Championship, a very good side. Uh, you look at the, the players they took on and uh, you look at um, the way that they play. But I thought that we caused them trouble at times, we kept the ball, we passed it. Sometimes uh, we didn't, but uh, you know, that's all about uh, getting better and uh, there's a lot to build on. Weir and Taylor came in for their debuts, how do you think they did? Yeah, very well. I thought that uh, you're not easy coming in away from home to to Peterborough, but um, I think that both you know settled well into the game, used the ball well, played their position uh, exceptionally well, and um, 
gave us that base to go and play on. Hunter and Stockton linked well up, up at times. At other times, they didn't, you know, do the job on the, the, the flip side of running uh, with their centre half. But you know, that's the, the nature of the game. But um, I think defensively, I thought Delay, Rawson, and Gibson were, were solid, and uh, you know, I think that they did well today. Looking at the chances, two games got no goals, but three great chances. It's important to start taking them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, two games into a season, um, we've picked up one point. Uh, we've played against two uh, very good teams and uh, there's a long way to go. And we we have to take the chances when they come along. We haven't today. Uh, and that's just the, the nature of football. Peterborough, no doubt they'll be up there at the end of the season. But uh, did you take heart from today? Well, I think all the supporters that you heard are back and that they gave us for, for 90 minutes. They were fantastic. And, uh, you know, they've seen... Us playing a different style today because we had to, uh, and then we had to change it, and uh, it probably the change didn't work as well as we had hoped, uh, and uh, we probably didn't create as much when we, we we made that change. But listen, that's football, and uh, we move on now to the next game. We talked last week. You're still looking to bring in at least one new player. Any any signs of anything this week? No, listen, I, I, it's, it's very difficult for me because, as I've already said, that you know. A lot of the budget had gone uh, last year and uh, people were on two-year contracts. And now we're getting to a stage where we need to uh, allow players to leave. And uh, that has been the case, obviously, since the end of of April. Uh, One player uh, has left us, but uh, uh, at this moment in time, you know, it is very, very difficult. And Fleetwood next week, of course, a local derby earlier on in the season. Yeah, they got a fantastic win today uh, against one of my old clubs, which is uh, a great win for them. Disappointing, you know, for Agile, but you know, from our point of view, looking forward to being at home again. We've got Stoke uh, on Tuesday night in the EFL Cup, and then uh, a terrific, you know, derby match against Fleetwood. Looking at the EFL Cup game against Stoke, uh, how are you going to approach that one? We're going to go in as strong as we possibly can. It's uh, a, a round that we would like to try and get through, uh, and. We haven't got much to, to change it with. You can see that. You know, we've got um, limited numbers uh, in the squad. We had 18 with us today, and uh, that's the 18 that uh, will be with us uh, on Tuesday night. Well, Jensen, your first start for the Shrimps, a 3-0 defeat, but uh, your overall thoughts? Uh, I thought at times we played some good football. I think um, in the first half we had a few chances which we should have done better with, but uh, I think it's always disappointing coming away as a 3-0 loss. But um, there's definitely positives in the game that we can look at and take forward moving on to next week on Tuesday so um, some positive but overall a bit a bit saddened but we'll move on How nice was it for you to get your first start for the club? Yeah it was good um, you know it's good to be back out there playing football I'm looking forward to it I'm still finding my feet and it's something to build on so I'm, I'm buzzing yeah buzzing to be back playing football and I'm looking forward to getting better When did you find out you were playing? Uh, yesterday yeah yesterday yeah so <laughs> not too early but I had enough time to think about what I was going to do and you came in with uh, Jake Taylor's well to, to yeah. make your debuts and uh, the five-man midfield. It seemed to work for much of the game. Some, yeah. some decent football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, at times, as I said before, we played some decent football. There's still more to come, I think, from the team. But, um, yeah, I thought it was definitely positive to take away from the game. Looking at it from the sidelines, the important thing seemed to be the chance, Cole Stockton's chance early on, and he thought it had gone <coughs> in, it could have been different. Yeah, no, that was a big chance. But I, I think Cole did a lot what he could do I think to be fair it's a really good save from the keeper but um, no we, there was moments where we just like we just weren't there the little like that final pass or that little bit but that'll come in time I think talking of final passes he almost put you in after three minutes yeah no, I thought I was in but it was just a little bit but 
it's like things like that are always positive I think I think that's just that comes with connections and time and I think as the games go on I think that'll start to come off and I think we'll get um, yeah I think goals will start to come Peter we're obviously going to be right up there come yep. the end of the season and uh, we talked about fine lines with the manager a few moments ago and that's <coughs> what it's going to be all season isn't it yeah, I think Peterborough are really good, to be fair. Um, credit to them. I think they've done really well. I think they're a really good team. I think they'll be pushing to go back up this year. You've got experience of League One from Cambridge last year. You got your injury. How are you feeling now? I feel good. Good to get the uh, 90 minutes under my belt. Um, definitely something to build on, so I'm just looking to play as many games as I can and keep improving, keep getting better. And how hot was it out there today? Oh, was, my mouth was gone after five minutes, honestly. It was like gasping for water. <laughs> but no, it was good. Good to be out there. I think now is for the team and for you to, <coughs> to build on what we've had so far. The performance, many of us thought, was, was better than it was against Shrewsbury last yeah. week, but it's getting those points now, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely points. Points important, obviously. You know, it's good to play well, and but we want to come out of points at the end of the day, and yeah, I think that'll come in time. It's a, it's a good group of lads, and um, yeah, I think it'll come. And finally, for the Morecambe fans, you know, what, what, what sort of attributes will you bring to the team? Uh, I think I've got... I've got a bit with the ball. I think I've got some technical attributes that I can bring. I think I've got legs as well. You know, I'm, I'm still getting fit, but um, I've definitely got legs in me to get forward. And um, yeah, energy, work rate, all the all the non-negotiables. Yeah, I think I've got all them as well. So definitely got a lot of technical attributes and um, trying to add goals to my game as well. So looking to um, bring some goals to the team as well. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. Don't forget, if you are listening via a podcast platform, Apple, Google or Spotify, click the bell to remind you when new episodes appear. And you can also subscribe so they drop into your feeds automatically. If you're listening via our website, beyondradio.co.uk, keep checking back because there are new episodes after every single Morecambe game in League and Cup. A little bit later on, we're talking to Ben Knappman. Nappers, of course, massive Fleetwood Town fan. Uh, you may already subscribe to his CODs vlog on uh, YouTube. Uh, very knowledgeable Nappers about uh, all things League One. We'll be chatting to Ben about that. And also, of course, our big clash back at the Mazuma Stadium next Saturday. The uh, Lancashire Derby, the Seafood Derby, if you will, the CODs against the Shrimps. Nappers on the way for you very soon. But uh, the small matter of the first round of the Carabao Cup for the Shrimps this coming Tuesday. And if you think back to this time last year, uh, we went away to Ewood Park and beat Championship opposition in the form of Blackburn Rovers in round one. It's Stoke City this time at the Mazuma Stadium. Full match commentary if you're not heading down on Beyond Radio and I follow from 7.30. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Dave Cowlishaw. Dave is a contributor and presenter of the Wizards of Drivel podcast, the Stoke City fans pod to get the full lowdown on Michael O'Neill's men ahead of their trip here this coming Tuesday. So Dave, thanks for jumping on our podcast. Appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Uh, before we talk about the game and about uh, your beloved club, can I just say Wizards of Drivel, probably the best name for a podcast that I've ever come across. Congratulations on a fantastic pun. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we knew it was good when Talk Sports stole it for a little promo they did. Um, and borrowed it. We'll say borrowed it, just in <laughs> case they, uh, the lawyers come after us. But yeah, uh, we've been proud of that one. I suppose with Stanley Matthews and, and, and everything else that ties in, it, it, it's pretty perfect. So I suppose it sort of embodies what a podcast, the fans podcast is all about, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly... Um, 
we get a lot of people uh, come for the uh, come for the sort of the pun and the sort of uh, connection. Um, whether they enjoy the podcast itself is kind of up to them, really. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, proud of it. So tell us about the podcast, then, Dave. It's it's, it's a proper fans podcast, isn't it? Not you're not you're not corporate in that regard. You you tell it like it is, and you have a good laugh doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we started it uh, roughly five years ago now, um, and we were kind of the first sort of fan podcast certainly that we were aware of uh to 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 talk about stoke the sort of the way we wanted stoke to be discussed because well back then we we're in the premier league and we'd get five minutes of match of the day five minutes of sky coverage and and that was it really and um the unfortunate thing for us is since we've started the podcast that stoke's sort of pr- progression has kind of plummeted we've plummeted down the football ladder um but yeah, I think the sort of the misery and the the fact that we aren't like a top top team is is kind of quite unifying in a way. And uh, we we if if you don't laugh uh, at your club being a football fan, sometimes you you get a bit too despairing. But uh, yeah, it's just something we started, and it's something I'm surprised is still going in a way because it's just um yeah, I'm I'm not of sort of very creative person i don't commit to a lot of projects but this has just been something that's uh, just been going for quite a sizable portion of my life now it's surprising isn't it how how many people have have something to say and, and i suppose need that platform to actually say it. And, and like you say if you've if you've got plenty to talk about whether it's you're going up the league down the league there's always something going on at your football club business so i suppose in that respect you've always got something to talk about yeah, of course, and like sometimes, particularly in the sort of leaner times, you you will find more to talk about, whether that's on the pitch or off the pitch. And we've been kind of uh, sort of preemptive in that we know that sort of a, a, repeti- a repetitive thing of like um, sort of miserably discussing or ranting about Stoke losing on the pitch is is going to get boring. So we like to kind of change things up where we can. We might do an episode that's kind of quite ridiculous. We sort of wrote a detective drama based around Michael O'Neill. We've done like interviews with former players. Um, so Gordon Banks, Ricardo Fuller, Danny Higginbottom, Liam Lawrence. Um, or we'll just go kind of completely off script and just work out how many Romeo and Juliet quotes we can get into a discussion <laughs> about a game against West Brom. So, um, yeah, we, we sort of, we surprise ourselves really with what we come up with, but uh, it's a, it's a uh, good laugh. Let's talk about matters on the field then, if we may. Let's start with your manager. Michael O'Neill, he came to the club with a, a good reputation as manager of Northern Ireland, but the last couple of seasons you've kind of been well plateaued out, I suppose, mm. haven't you? How has it gone in in comparison to how you thought it might have gone when he got the job? Um, well, when he got the job, we were in quite a dire situation. We were rock bottom of the championship and had two points from our opening ten games or something initially under Nathan Jones, and we were we were really really struggling. And he steadied the ship and kept us up and um, sort of. It looked like we were going to start to build towards like, okay, maybe not in his first season or first two seasons get the playoffs, but we we thought that would be the the end game if you like. But now, uh, sort of three and a half seasons in, it's not looking like 
we're a playoff team and uh, there's a lot, been a lot of doubts as to whether he can take the team any further than what is essentially been 14th, 15th in the league. Um which is frustrating. I don't think it's entirely his fault. I don't think it is necessarily his limitations as a manager that has uh, led to this. We've been sort of the victims of our own success in regards to sort of financial fair play rules. Uh, so when we came down from the Premier League initially, we spent quite a lot of money under Gary Rowett, huge transfer fees on what turned out to be rather ordinary players, didn't get promoted back to the Premier League. And and this has meant sort of um, in the preceding years, we've had to kind of really cut our cloth accordingly and, and not spend huge amounts on transfer fees, even though our owners are very, very wealthy uh, owners. And so it's kind of um, sort of the realities of financial fair play that has uh, sort of limited our activity in the transfer market. O'Neill does have to take some... Uh, of the blame himself, of course, because I don't think many fans have been certainly recently too enamoured with this football. I think when he first arrived, he kind of we did sort of the basics well enough to kind of steer us away from relegation. But I think there's just a yearning for more creativity now. So I think that's where the big frustration is coming from at the moment is, are we going to be creative enough, attacking enough, positive enough in order to, um, you know, improve not necessarily make the playoffs even but just improve and show signs of progress for for coming seasons and a caveat people listening to this we are recording before saturday so we've only got the opening day of the season to go on but not the start to the new campaign that you would have wanted uh no i don't think many if any stoke fans are expecting anything from millwall away we've we've famously quite bad in London um, and sort of and we're quite bad against former managers as well so Gary Rowlett's Millwall is just a horrible opening day <laughs> fixture two set piece goals from the son of our former player Richard Creswell uh, like it's just it was kind of I could have written that script in advance, <laughs> yeah. I think. I just it just seemed a bit too ugh, it's a very sort of sort of soul-crushing opening (laughs) day in game because, yeah, no one wants to go there. You just want to get that fixture over and done with, I think. And these early season cup games, I mean, how how much prominence the Stoke City put onto the on, onto the League Cup? Is, is it a, a, a competition you think you can go quite far in or, or is it very much concentrating on the championship? It, well, championship will be the priority, but it can really depend with Stoke. Um, I th- I think certainly we we may as fans put more focus on it than other clubs because it's the only trophy we've won in our 150 plus year history. Uh, so we, we we do kind of always want to do well in the League Cup, uh, and you could you could also also sort of trace our demise if you want to call it that. Uh, all the way back to losing to Liverpool in a League Cup semi-final back in 2016-17. It was we were sort of penalty we were a penalty shootout away from a Wembley final and uh we lost that and everything seemed to fall apart from there. Uh I think yeah, a couple of seasons ago we beat a few Premier League teams uh, and sort of got to a lot of stages. Uh, certainly we don't we don't completely disregard it. I think 
midweek, we will see a strong-ish Stoke team. Um, certainly, we don't have the squad depth of previous seasons to make wholesale changes. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think Michael O'Neill will see it as a chance uh, to maybe just play more of the new signings, not so much play sort of reserve players, but people like Dwight Gale, Will Smallbone, um, Liam McCarran, players who maybe weren't signed early enough in pre-season to be embedded in the first team yet, give them a chance to get some minutes under their belt. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what side we play. But I think uh, certainly the the way it's going and the, the pressure he might feel early in the season that he'll want to he'll want to win this. So, in terms of playing on on the field, then there's, there's no history really between the two clubs. Is there? I think we've played you once a few years ago in the what was the Checker Trade Trophy, but not not much else between the okay. two. So, uh, there's not much uh, not much to go on. So. What can you tell us as Morecambe fans about a Michael O'Neill, Stoke City, wants to watch formations, style of play? What do we need to know? Okay, so we play a 3-5-2 pretty much without exception these days. We've experimented with other things in the past, but what you'll see is a back three um, and there'll be probably some names you recognise as we move through the spine of the team. So Phil Jagielka at the ripe old age of 40 is still um still a excellent defender and I think uh he'll he'll be one to kind of watch out for at the back. And then where the system kind of succeeds or fails is down to the wing backs uh as with kind of most three five twos. Um Josh Tymon is uh, our left wing back. I don't know whether he'll necessarily start uh against Morecambe but um and then it'll be one of Harry Clark or uh sorry uh, or Tom Sparrow but right wing back though they're, they're uh, both kind of young relatively untested right wing back so we'll we'll see what happens with them um midfield have got uh, quite a lot of options to be fair uh Lewis Baker formerly of Chelsea Josh Lauren Sam Klukas uh, Nick Powell's injured, but we've got uh, Will Smallbone in from Southampton. So we've got sort of options there, quite sort of uh, powerful all-action midfielders, particularly in the case of Baker and Laurent. Um, and up front is rather exciting for us at the moment as well, because uh, we've got Jacob Brown, who was our fans player of this season, last season, uh, really sort of hard work in pressing forward um, has started to add goals to his game as well, which is really exciting. And Tyrese Campbell, Kevin Campbell's son, uh, who was really sort of becoming one of the most talked about strikers in the championship before his uh, injury sort of a couple of seasons ago. Dwight Gale has probably been a most high profile signing this uh, summer as well. Um, he's got a fantastic record in the championship. Uh, so we've got sort of, we've got sort of names there, and we've got sort of a, a nice set of players. Really hard work inside, as you would expect if you saw any of Michael O'Neill's Northern Ireland. You expect them to be hard working, sort of uh, tough to beat, tough to break down. Uh, the question is again, again, as I was saying before, like is there enough creativity there to supply the balls that? Tyrus Campbell, Dwight Gale, Jacob Brown are going to need in order to uh, win football matches. 
matches and uh, that's going to be the sort of acid test for these first games of the season. Uh, I will, I'm, I mean, I don't like talking about players who haven't yet signed, but if uh, this happens, this could be rather exciting. Uh, Liam Delap on loan has been a, a rumour that's been uh, touted about. Uh, Roy Delap, obviously Stoke legend, is on the coaching staff and uh, so that happens, but that could be a, another sort of uh, exciting sort of uh, prospect for us going forward as well. So it sounds to me then as if you're you're going to be wanting to get a win under, under your belt. I think, like you say, early see early season cup wins when you haven't had the start you want in the league can can give you that fresh impetus, can't they? I suppose so. I, I guess from that point of view, you're going to be looking at us, one of the lowest ranked teams in in the first round, and you're thinking an easy win. But I suppose it, it, it's a cup game. We beat Blackburn Rovers at this stage last season away from home, so it might not quite be as straightforward as that. Yeah, and, and I don't think uh, Michael O'Neill will take it for granted whatsoever. I think he will show uh, you guys the, the respect you're due. I, I don't think he'll sort of uh, presume anything because he knows he's under pressure. He knows uh, that in, in the cup, essentially, what you're, what you're after is just the result first and foremost, and you can worry about sort of other issues after that. Um, yeah, I think it could be interesting because like you said, we've we've not got a sort of head-to-head record to speak of at all. Um, it will be a ground that I dare say a few of our players will never have played at. Uh, certainly sort of, you know, someone like Lewis Baker who's been pretty much in Chelsea's academy his whole career. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, the, the wind uh, blowing in off the uh, Lancashire coast, you know, you know, it's this kind of game where, particularly for the younger players, you, you kind of need that experience, really. And uh, you, you need a bit of, um, you know, Tuesday night, it's cold, you're away from home, you, you might want to be tucked in in bed watching Love Island or something. You kind of need, need, need games like this, I think. So in terms of our squad, what, what do you know about Morecambe? I suppose n- not a great deal, but that said, if we've got a, a 26 gold top score from last season in our ranks, we're always going to pose a threat. Uh, yes, you're talking about Cole Stockton. Yes. Yes, I did know that. Uh, so I, I've been to Morecambe exactly once because um, I used to live in Lancaster for a very, very short ah, period okay. of time. I lived lived in Lancaster um, and I'm from the Fylde Coast originally. So um, I'm born in Blackpool. So I did go to one Morecambe game and I think you played... I want to say Hartlepool, but I remember the score was 5-2. I think you lost 5-2 at home. Um, uh, so, but, but don't ask me much more than that. I remember, what I do remember, is the pies were exceptional. They are I still exceptional. Remember. Yes. Oh, good. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, yes. And I do know Cole Stockton from uh, scoring outrageous goals uh, last season. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, I, I can't pretend to be a, a, an expert by any means, but I but I have been to uh, Morecambe, which I dare say is probably more times than quite a lot of the Stoke fans uh, who will be going and making their first trip uh, to uh, sunny Lancashire on uh, uh, midweek. But yeah, um, don't <laughs> I, I'm a I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know too much more than what I've just told you. I think it's exciting, you know, from our point of view, anytime we play a higher team 
and we, we still get a bit misty-eyed. I, I certainly do as both a fan and, and, and as a journalist. You see big-name players come into your place, the likes of Phil Jagielka, Dwight Gale, players who've played in the Premier League, who, who fans know and have seen on, on the telly. That still makes it, for, from us, it, our point of view, it still makes it really exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I can remember... Um when Stoke got promoted to the second tier, this is way back in 2002 now, um, I was really excited when we played Ipswich at home because Matt Holland played for them and he'd played at the World Cup the previous summer. And it's it it, it, do, it really does mean a lot. And I, I, still, I still sort of, you kind of maybe took it for granted as a Premier League club, but you still kind of get that buzz of excitement of, of seeing... Um, sort of uh, names you recognise and, um, and players you recognise from sort of higher levels, if you like. And uh, the, the kind of frustration from our point of view is that, is that we're not seeing them enough, um, you know, have, having been relegated yeah. in that. But uh, yeah, um, I, used to, I used to love cup games for this exact reason. I think my first cup game, FA Cup game, um, seeing Stoke play someone from a higher team was Everton. And Paul Gascoigne played for them there. And I think even my dad, who's quite a bit more cynical about these things, and he was like, oh my God, it's Paul Gascoigne, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's that's why um, I think English football is amazing. The sort of the uh, disparities you can get within um, cup competitions. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be as, as stark as like Man City playing, I think of the worst team I can, Port Vale. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you you do get some fantastic uh, sort of experiences, I suppose. Oh, absolutely! And as I say, we beat Blackburn Rovers at this stage last season away from home. Uh, we were leading uh, at, away at Tottenham in the FA Cup third round for more than an hour before, and had to bring Harry Kane on to to win the game. For oh them. yeah, of course. Yeah. So we did. We, yeah, we, we we've had some good times in the cups recently. So uh, I don't think it's going to quite be as. Uh, a pushover as perhaps some fans uh, might think it, it is going to be. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate your time. I know you're no just about to go on holiday. So thank you for uh, stopping your packing to uh, have a quick chat. I do appreciate it. In, in terms of Stoke City as a season and overall, uh, what's going to be a successful season for you? A successful season would be top half, I think. Uh, also, it would be kind of just a little bit more excitement in terms of style of play, uh, we're not asking for sort of Guardiola, Klopp style football. We just want to sort of really sort of enjoy a 2 0 home win rather than feel like oh, that was a bit of a slog. Um, so, yeah, just progress, how, however that comes, would, uh, would do me fine. Is Michael O'Neill the man to get you in the playoffs or better, or, or or is it just sort of see how it goes for now? I I think it's see how it goes, but I really like him as a bloke, and I really hope that he can be the guy to deliver that. That, that that's that's when it gets tough, isn't it? If if the manager's not doing so well and he's not liked, it's easy to say, well, we'll just pot him. But if he's a nice guy and you can see he's doing his best and he, he's really invested in the club, that that makes it all the more difficult, I suppose, if things aren't quite going so well on the pitch. Yeah. Um, like Nathan Jones, 
like he had much much worse results than O'Neill, but he was maybe given a little bit extra time because he you could see how much he cared and the passion and the sort of um, his approach to management won a lot of people over. But just the results weren't there. And what yeah, what I, I've I'm feeling so sorry for some managers at the moment. I've been listening to the uh, this fantastic podcast the BBC Sounds have introduced called uh, Moment of Truth, where they follow. Yes. Um, Paul Warren and Oxford manager Carl Robinson, um, and it just the kind of the, the the everyday stress of that job is something I'm not envious of. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much again. Um, we're playing Port Vale uh, in, in a few weeks. I will pass on your your warmest regards to them uh, when we do. Yes, please do. A reminder, if you are on Twitter, you can join in the conversation, not just during match days, but also throughout the week. Simply use the hashtag ShrimpsLive if you'd like to do that. Or you can follow me personally. I am at DP Salmon. Salmon as in the fish. If you'd like to follow my co-commentator, Matt Smith, he is on Twitter as well, at MattSmithSport underscore if you fancy dropping myself or Matt a follow. You can always text the studio as well during the games. 07399085508. Get that number into your phone. You might need it during the season. 07399085508. Or you can always email the good old-fashioned way, football at beyondradio.co.uk. If you are emailing, you can attach an MP3 voice note if you like as well. And we might feature you on a future episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Do get in touch. So, Nappers, welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much for your time. I know you are an incredibly busy man, so thank you very much indeed. First question is, of course, how was your summer and uh, have you been looking forward to the new season? Yeah, it's been good, obviously. It was a bit horrible towards the end. Um, if I'm honest with you, from the months January through to April, it was horrible. The last three or four games... We all knew it was going to go down, so at least it had something on it, and at least we could kind of think, right, we know what we need to do. Uh, luckily, we got through on goal difference in the end, and uh, I'm glad Morecambe stayed up as well for that fact, because uh, it's always good to see teams on limited budgets stay in League One, um, oversides that, you know, you know, spend money and can still finish below you. So, you know, fair play to Morecambe as well, but it's been nice to have a little bit of a reset, and we go again. Um, so looking forward to this season it's going to be very different for both football clubs I think but it's going to be an interesting one and um, lots of players signed at both football clubs so it's going to be interesting to see how we've, we both pan out Nervous times Nappers wasn't it towards the end of, of last season yeah. we stayed up by two points you got over the line on goal difference it doesn't matter how you stay up the fact is we both survive in League One I think last time we spoke, which was about when February, March time, we said we'd both stay up and we did. It was a little bit too close for comfort, but we, we got over the line all the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember seeing every goal matters. And I said to you in December after the game, the Cole Stockton goal will keep you in League One. Now, people will go, well, hang on, well, we finished two points above Fleetwood. Now, all of a sudden, you take those away, you, you're on 40 points, we're on... 41 points, yeah. all of a sudden the league table changes dramatically. And we're the gone down on that goal difference. Yeah, exactly. And, mm. and automatically things change. So it was a huge goal up mm. for you. And, um, you know, fair play for fair play to Cole Stockton and fair play for Morgan for staying up. And um, yeah, it, 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 it was close last year, but I always thought that you'd stay up, if I'm honest with you. I always thought that you had that man in Cole Stockton and 
I'll be honest with you, I was worried for you when you had Stephen Robertson in charge. I thought you were conceding goals. I thought you you didn't have enough going forward. I thought the goals dried up a little bit. And then when Derek Adams came back to the football club, he kind of reunited that defensive unit where you're going to be hard to beat and you've got goals going forward. Um, and then you went on a... It took a while, a couple of games to get going under him. But then you had those that little... You literally had a four-game period yeah. that kept you in League One. And so did Fleetwood early on in the season. Um, in the December period after Grayson got sacked. So it was uh, those games that both kept Fleetwood and Morecambe in League One. And it's funny how four games can define a 46-game season. Isn't it just? Let's talk about your new manager then. And uh, Scott Brown, obviously, is very well known as a footballer, but a completely unknown quantity in charge of a team. Yeah. Um, it's not the first time Fleetwood have given a new manager a, a go. Um, and clubs like Fleetwood and Morgan to get the big boys in, they have to give opportunities out for maybe the non-league with players or players that maybe have had a couple of bad years or even when managers come in, the first going management. Now, it's always worked pretty much well out for Fleetwood. Graham Alexander uh, was one, Mickey, Mell- Mickey Mellon, they both won promotion. And then you look at your Joey Barton, who did really well for Fleetwood, who who did okay. Stephen Craney kept us up in the end. Um, and now Scott Brown, um, continuing the theme with a the Scottish manager, who I think <laughs> we've had four or five of them in the last seven managers or something like that. Um, so it, it is a good appointment. Um, it is risky, but for me, I don't think he's carried as much baggage as Joey, and I don't think we're hating as much when we have Joey. So I think that's a good, good thing for the football club. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on. I do think it's going to take a, t- a while to click in the way we want to play. But there's little factors that I've seen the way patterns are played that I can see that he's getting his messages across. I think this is going to be a three-year process. Um, and then it's going to be one of those where he generally is going to have to leave us to benefit him, just like Joey did. But he'll leave us in a much better place. I think that has got to be the aim. Now, slight caveat, Nap, as we are talking before our respective second games of yes. the league season. So as we speak at this moment, we've only got the opening day of the season to go on. But uh, based on that, certainly from an outsider's point of view, it seems more of the same, really. You took a lead, you lost the lead, and then you lost the game. So where do you go going forward? Did we have a summer break, I was thinking? Is it the same <laughs> season? I was surprised to say, you know, when you see Morecambe, you know, on similar points to you, and you see sides that were down there, where you like Lincoln last year, all drawing, you were thinking, oh, it's all happened again. Um, no, Port Vale are a good side and they're going to be down there. I do think they're going to be in the bottom eight, the bottom ten, but they will stay up. They've got a fighting spirit, but from Fleetwood's point of view, it's not good enough. You can't take a lead like that and concede twice in a minute, a minute and a half. Uh, it's really, really poor, but we've got to bounce back. And Obviously, we've got a tough game tomorrow against Plymouth and we play yourselves after a cup tie. So, we, we need to hit the ground running. And no disrespect to Morgan, but Morgan will be lucky to beat Fleetwood and Fleet will be lucky to beat Morgan because they're going to be both down in the bottom six, the bottom eight at the end of the season. But we've got winnable fixtures this month in Cheltenham, Morgan, Lincoln. We have Port Vale. Fleetwood should be looking to get a good solid point basis on the board early. New manager, new regime. Otherwise, it could turn pretty ugly and it could get a bit pressurised, put it that way. And I think that benefited Morecambe last season. We did have that solid start and then we started to slide down the table as we headed towards Christmas. Getting those early points on the board, Ben, is could, could be, for both sides this season, could be quite crucial. 
Yes, it could. Um, I would say any point in League One is a good point. I think if you ask Ipswich or Portsmouth or those type of football fans who want to be in the top two, the top six, they only say points are good enough, not point. Um, but for clubs of ourselves, we need to pick up every point. And it's like, OK, we're one game in, we're one game closer to safety. That's what it's got to be, um, really, this season. It's going to be a long slog. It's a marathon. Um, but you have got to start well, but you've also got to keep the consistent basis. I think if you can manage 1.2 points per game in League One, you, you're going to be all right. And we're going to need more points than we accumulated last season, aren't we? 40 42 in any other season, both clubs would have been sunk without trace. We've, we're going to probably need another 10 points or more, maybe more this season to stay up. I reckon you'll need about 48 this year, 49. I've seen Plymouth go down with 50 points. Um, and that was a ridiculous league one season where the bottom 12, it was six points with 12 games to go between 12 and 24. And Plymouth, who were 12 at the time, went down on the final day of the season. So um, I remember Fleetwood just beat Plymouth 2-0 and then that was a demise of Plymouth that day. So it is going to be close. I think is I don't think it's as good at the top this year, but I think it's better at the bottom. Um, and you don't want to see teams stay up with 40 points. Let's be honest, you want to see it 46, 47 points where there is a little bit of fight there. And get me wrong, there was fight there from Fleetwood and Morecambe last year. It was just... The quality showed and the budget showed. And last year was the year to go up for a lot of teams and a lot have failed and a lot have struggled to bring players in this year. Is it fair to say, Nappers, that uh, we thought League One was a competitive division last season, probably more than it's ever, ever been this time around? Yes. Um, I, I, I always say that you've got 12 teams. That can, I think this year there's 12 teams that can go up. I reckon there's seven or eight teams that can go down and I reckon there's about six teams that will be in and around the safety marks. And I honestly believe that you've played one already in Shrewsbury. I think they're the, in the other six. that I think that they're, they're well off the top 12, they're well off that area, but they're, they're well off the bottom seven, the bottom eight, the players that they've got at their football club. So um, it's where you get your points from. You know, last year that, Morecambe, funnily enough, got points from the better sides in the league, obviously. Drew at home to Portsmouth, a late goal there. They beat Charlton away from home. And they beat Sheffield Wednesday at home. But also you beat the sides that you should have beaten away from home. You know, people talk about your away form last year, but you beat Fleetwood and Crew last year away from home. And ultimately you beat sides that are down there with you. You stay up in League One. We also lost the crew, we lost the Doncaster, so it was a real roller coaster last season. I'm, I'm sure this season for both clubs is going to be the same. So in terms of Fleetwood Town, then Nappers, I know it's still very early days, of course it is, but what do we know so far about Scott Brown's Fleetwood Town, his playing philosophy and, and everything to, to do with on the field? We want to play a lot more expansive football. We want to play through the line. We want to get the ball out to the wingers and, you know, it hits a man early. Um Obviously, when we go forward, uh, one of our midfielders, uh, Brandon Wurudu, dropped into a back three. And it, it gives us that bit of a solid base. But, you know, we look a lot stronger. Um, do I think defensively we're good enough? Nowhere near. I think we're weaker than we were last year, if I'm honest with you. I don't think we've improved there at all. And unfortunately, if you don't improve defensively, defensively after you concede 80-plus goals, that's a worry. 
So talk us through these new signings then, Ben. What 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 quality have you got and what quality have you bought in that, that perhaps we don't know about? You look at, you know, Callum Morton's quality. He can score goals at this level. He'll run the channels. He'll create chances. I think you've got Josh Feller, who's an outstanding player at this level. I think he's one of the better midfielders at this level, if I'm honest with you. He's proved that with Bolton and Shrewsbury. You've got Brandon Wirrid, who is very raw. He was poor on Saturday. One of his mistakes for the first goal, but... He's a young lad, he's going to make mistakes. And um, you've got Rooney, who's just come into the football club, who, who looks good at uh, right back from what I've seen. He, he should start tomorrow after missing out the other Saturday. We've got Jay Lynch, who is our what number one keeper at the moment until we bring someone else in. Cairns is totally gone. I know Cole Stockton and Morgan fans will be gutted about that. I think, I think he's going to leave the football club, which I think it's a shame. I still think he's our best goal uh, goalkeeper at the football club. Um, so yeah, there's been you know a couple of others um, here and there. We've brought six or seven in, so hopefully that we can bring a couple more in. But I reckon a bit like more, it's going to be a one in, one out process. And you've got the conveyor belt of the youth, haven't you? You obviously sold uh, Jamie Tete to Sunderland last season. Shaden Morris has gone, so you are bringing players through. The the academy system is working. It is, and we're starting to see it now. We've seen James Hill go to Bournemouth for over a million quid. We've seen Morris, Matetti and Billy Crellin make a million quid between them. So we are funding ourselves, funding the youth team. And we need a bit more, don't get me wrong. Um, there will be more that comes. I think you've got to look at um, a couple of others that have just signed new deals. So um, hopefully that we see them, but hopefully we see them in our first year for a bit longer because at the moment we're only seeing them for six months, 12 months, and then they're leaving. So we need them to make a real stamp and hopefully that will lead to bigger profit margins. Is Scott Brown the man then, Nappers, or is it too early to tell? Early, He certainly talks a good game, doesn't he? But I suppose we've not got that much evidence to go on at the moment. Yeah, he is a right man. Out of all the contenders, I think we're in the running for the job. He was the best name, the most exciting name. So I think we've got to give him the opportunity. He's going to make mistakes as a young manager. He's never done this before. It's his first rodeo. So let's hope that he does well. But, you know, he'll be good for Fleetwood as much as Fleetwood will be good for him. And hopefully that he can pay us back and hopefully we can give him the, the funds and the you know, the plays that he wants to do. Because if he doesn't get what he wants, it could turn pretty ugly. We need to give him what he wants, trust him and just see what happens. Is the money in the bank to be able to do that, though? Napa's obviously... Andy has splashed the cash in previous seasons, but seems to have uh, reined those purse strings in a little bit in, in recent campaigns. Is, is it there to strengthen to what he might want to, to do? Obviously, you've got to be sensible with your money, but I think there's enough money there in the, in the kitty to get players to stay up in League One, which will be the aim. I think the team aim is to finish in the top 12, the top 14 area. Um, and the, the squad is good enough for that. I don't think we've got enough depth to compete in the top 12. I think it's very ambitious. I think we'll, we'll be looking at the bottom eight. But I reckon year by year we improve and then we see where we are. But um, it depends what the aims of the football club are. If the aim is to finish in the top six. No, there's not enough money there. But if the aim is to stay up, of course there's enough money there because we can compete with you know the teams at the bottom. So rivalries... And, and Lancashire derbies aside, seafood derbies aside, I suppose if 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 both Fleetwood and Morecambe are competing in that bottom half of the table, it, it makes. Granted, it's early season, of course, but it makes our our clash on Saturday uh, all, all the more juicy, doesn't it? Of course, and we've got good memories of coming to the Globe in uh, 
in August. I remember we were won 4-0 there a couple of years ago. Oh, it was a, an unbelievable day out. Um again, John Parkin um got a hat trick that day. So yeah, it was a you know good victory, but no. Glad both teams set up last year, and obviously we get the both games. Hopefully, I can see this time. It was the foggiest game I think I've ever witnessed just... last time. Uh, I, reckon, I, I think Joel made a joke that how's Cole Stockton going to see how far Alex Cairns is off his line, uh, which uh, made, made me chuckle a little bit. Um, but it, it could go a long way to defining the season. I said to you off air that if Cole Stockton doesn't produce that moment of glory, you go down on 40 points on goal difference and Fleetwood stay up on 41 points. That's the difference. You get two points taken off you, we get an extra point. Um, so moments of magic decide games and you've got good players and we've got to be wary of that. Let's talk wider league one then, Nappers, if we may. We've spoken about the quality, certainly at the top of the table. Who are your predictions to be in the promotion mix come the end of the season? Well, I've gone with, I change it every day, really. I reckon you've got to have a look at your strong favourites in your Ipswiches, your Portsmouth, your Charlton's, your Oxford. I reckon Bolton will be up there. I just think they've got a settled squad. They did all the business. They've only brought in three players. Um, this window, but they have got a real strong core. And you know, say what you want about you never in interviews. I'm not his biggest fan, but he's a decent young hungry manager. I know you've had a lot of a bit of problems with him at Morgan Bolton games, which is you know, and then they've scored two last minute goals against you, which is ludicrous. Um, and then I think you've got to have a look at your outsiders, um, as well. I think Plymouth, I'm not being talked about, I reckon they'll, they'll could sneak in as well. Um, and then you look at the bottom who we're going to be competing with. There's a there's a, there's a lot of teams. Lincoln, I think, will struggle this year. I think Burton will struggle this year. So it is as wide open, really, this year than it ever has been. You just look at the size in League One, don't you? And you think, used to be in the Premier League. You were in the Premier League. You are a championship side for years. You are a Premier League team. Look at the players that you've got. in, And, and every week, I mean, it makes for great football, I suppose, home and away, going to all these fantastic stadiums and former Premier League players coming to home games, but it boy, it, it makes it so tough as well, doesn't it? It does. And it's like what we're competing against. But sometimes you've got to pinch yourself that little old Fleetwood and little old Morecambe are competing against these sides. And sometimes you get that feeling where it's just like, oh, we're playing Portsmouth today. It's just another game. We played them 10 times already. And that is how much Morecambe and Fleetwood have come on. And both teams deserve massive respect. Yeah, I know Morecambe have done it probably a better way than Fleetwood. Fleetwood have splashed the cash. Morecambe have done it on hard work, great determination. They've had a lot of problems with ownership issues and what they've been through, I can't credit them enough for. But um, it's just a huge, huge shy of ambition what both clubs have done to be in League One, to compete with Ipswich, to compete with Portsmouth, to compete with Bolton, with your Charlton's, you know, Sunderland's who were who were down here for three or four years and they were struggling, you know, against mm. against us, you know. They sometimes couldn't even master a point against us at times. But to give Fleetwood their due, Ben, you are what I would describe as an established League One football club now granted we had the struggles last season but you know you've been in the playoffs twice in recent seasons as well so you know you should uh, I think if you are a Fleetwood fan you should be very very proud of, of, of your achievements and I think as Andy Pilly says yes okay this season might be one of consolidation under a new manager and see how it goes but you've got to now be looking for that next step yeah absolutely and you've got to look that Fleetwood have been in the league for the longest time 
the longest serving club without a relegation. We've been here nine years. And I think Oldham won it for 22, 23 years, weren't they in League One? If I if Fleetwood were in that, I'd take that every day of the week. Yes, I'd like to be in the, to have one year in the championship. That'd be an um, that is that is my dream to watch Fleetwood in the championship. And um, we've been close. We've been unfortunate in some aspects where luck hasn't gone our way or or there's been mistakes there from certain players or certain managers that have cost us games. Um but to be to be in this league, to have one of the best training grounds in the league in Pilfoot Farm, to have a five thousand, you know, capacity stadium, um, to play these sides as well, you've got to be, you know, overly excited in the players that we've got the club are good and to extra- extract players of Scott Brown's quality into management here at Fleetwood, Joey Barton. Um, Uwe Rosler was here five years ago. He's a big name. He's got to manage in the Europa League since and with Malmo managed against Chelsea. Um, so it's a huge, huge, you know, few few years at the football club to keep hold of that because um, I think we've come a long, long way in a short period of time, but we've also got a long, long way to go in a long period of time. And given that fan base as well, obviously Fleetwood as a town, the population isn't enormous. So I suppose... It is what it is in that regard, but it would be great if you could get another thousand or so on the gate, wouldn't it, for home games? You, you've done it. You, you, mm. I remember a couple of years ago, was it 2017? Morecambe Crew was, I think you had 900 fans in the stadium, home yeah. fans. Yeah. I think there's 968, if I remember right, because I remember seeing that. As a, And now you've got 2,200 season ticket holders. Which, 2,800 you know, nearly. 2,800, mm. it's unbelievable. Um, you know, and what is good about that is kids that were wearing Liverpool shirts, Man United shirts, Man City shirts, are now wearing Morecambe shirts and are now wearing Fleetwood shirts proudly in the town. And that is what you want to see. That's what, because I, I spoke to many people that have said, I used to go and watch Chelsea. I now go and watch Charlton every week because it's more affordable. I now go and watch Morecambe. I now go and watch, you know, my local League One, League Two. And that is brilliant because... And Morecambe and Fleetwood, you can literally go 20 quid, your you, you season ticket price per game, you, you can get a pie, some chips, a programme and a pie, get your transport there and probably get a change from a 20 quid now. That is, you couldn't even do that at United for 100 quid at times. So it is good and it is good to see the fan base growing at both clubs because Fleetwood is growing slowly. You, you, there's a lot of young guns there. So as they get older... Hopefully they'll support the club and won't wound down. Obviously, jobs happen, relationships happen where it can stop you going to games. It could go either way for Fleetwood. Nappers, I could talk for many, many hours about football to you. Thank you so much for jumping on our podcast. Appreciate your time. I know you're very busy and you're busy doing the CODS vlogs. Tell us about how that has grown. It's gone through the roof, hasn't it, in recent months? Yeah, obviously nearly 10,000 subscribers. Obviously last year I decided to cover League One a little bit more because I do watch a lot of League One football and, and enjoy talking about it. And obviously I see every team in League One every week. So it's it's good to talk about that. And, you know, it's nice just to talk to people like yourselves about football and um, talk, you know, make connections at different football clubs because, you know, fans are the most important thing in the game. And we saw that without a year in COVID where it was horrific that and there was no fans. Obviously, work from Auckland, didn't it? You won promotion. Um, but it was probably the worst year to watch football. I know you you, you enjoyed it, but I bet you were, I bet a lot more fans were thinking at home, 
this I don't enjoy. There's no winning games, but I'm not enjoying this. Funny enough, get me back in the stadium, drive a loop in the stadium. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Football without fans is nothing, isn't it? But your your vlogs, though, Ben, you you, you do a proper job. It's not just pointing the camera at the at the pitch. It, it is a proper, almost a minute by minute analysis of a game, isn't it? And they're they're really fun to watch. I guess they're fun to put together as well. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it. It's my favorite stuff to do. Obviously, I like sitting down here talking about football as well, but. Um, I do like analysing the game. I'll look for certain things, certain movements, certain you know things with size as well. And I, I like for me the biggest thing is I like watching warm ups as well. Uh, in the last few years, I, I remember watching a warm up for Wickham against Fleetwood, and I knew the playoff game we'd lost the game already because I watched our warm up on the TV and I watched their warm up. They were vigorous. We were a bit slow. We didn't know what we were doing. The players looked lost. And in a warm-up, you can tell a lot of things how how teams are going to pre- pre- prepare, really. So just little things like that that we, we like to talk about. And um, like you say, and also get thoughts of different football fans across the country. So how do we find you on YouTube and Twitter and other social media? Give us everything we need to know. So on YouTube, it's Cobbs Vlogs. Um, again, um, if you could subscribe to that, that would be brilliant. Twitter, FTSV, NAP is where I do a lot of you know, talking about, about football as well. So if you want to go and give us a follow and a subscription, that'll be massively appreciated. A huge thanks to Ben Knapman for his fascinating insight as ever into all things Fleetwood Town ahead of our game at the Mazuma in League One next Saturday. And also thanks to Dave Cowlishaw from the Wizards of Drivel Stoke City Fans podcast as well to get the full lowdown on the Potters ahead of our clash in the first round of the Carabao Cup this coming Tuesday night. If you're not heading down to the Mazuma, we'll have the build-up, team news and the whole game live or beyond. Beyond Radio across North Lancashire and South Cumbria on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio and also on iFollow Shrimps where you can listen or watch whatever you might be in the world. We'll be on air from 7.30. Myself, Dave Salmon and Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team. Look forward to your company then and thank you so much as ever for listening to this episode of the Shrimps Verdict Podcast. Take care, Shrimps fans, and we'll talk to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.